Well, good morning, Bay Chapel. Come on, can we just one more time, can we just thank God for what he's doing in this place today? God, we love you. Y'all, I couldn't help. I was just turning to people while they're baptized, just wanting to share the stories. We have, we have somebody that's at Bay Chapel for the very first time that got baptized this morning. Uh, <clears throat> There, there's a, a family that ha has been out of church for years and, and showed up and recommitted their lives to Christ and just seeing families change. Oh my goodness, that is what it's all about. Amen. Amen. It's, it's days like today that you're so thankful to be a part of God's kingdom and what he's doing and realizing that we're helping people spend eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven. And uh, it makes it all worth it. And so today is a day of celebration for sure. Hey, I just want to say real quickly, if you're a guest, first time or first time in a long time, we are so honored that you're in the room today. And if you're watching with us online, we're glad that you're with us as well. Hey, while we, we've been clapping a lot, but could we just welcome our guests this morning and say thanks for being with us. We're glad to have you. We are continuing in this series, and I'm going to dive right in to God's Word this morning. We're in part four of this series on the book of 2 Timothy, and we're just taking it verse by verse. And I pray that you've been encouraged as we just navigate this book together. It's something a little bit different than what we typically do in a series that tend to be a little more topical in nature always using God's word as the foundation for our series, but we're just going verse by verse, and I, I pray that this is an encouragement to your life. In week one, we looked at the first seven or eight verses and how Timothy or how Paul reminds us that uh, to, to fan the flame and how God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And in week two, we talked about how Paul was dealing with persecution and hardship and how we need to change our perspective of trials in our life instead of looking at them as uh, just difficulties or setbacks that oftentimes trials are setups for what God wants to do in our life. And then last week, Bria shared such a great word about guarding it, guarding it, guarding our faith, guarding the gospel, guarding the good gifts that God has put in our life. And so today, I want to just continue in this same theme. And today, I want to spend a few minutes talking about a life that honors God, a life that honors God. And if you haven't already, go ahead and, and jump on your app, or you can go in your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 2. And if you don't have either one of those, you can just follow along on the screen with us as well. We're going to be in verse 14, and we're going to navigate all the way through verse 22. If you're ready, say, oh, yeah. I, th I think the truth is everybody in the room that follows Jesus, you came in this morning with a desire in your life and in every day to one day stand before, stand before God and hear him say, well done. We all want to live a life that honors God. I think the truth is, though, we get so caught up in our own lives, distractions, discouragement, things that are going on that we get clouded by the view of this world and the cares of this life and we forget what our life is really all about to please him, to live for him, to live for one day the hope of standing before him and knowing that we did everything we could to live our life for Jesus. And that's what Paul, he speaks to Timothy in these few verses. And so we're gonna study this word together. Verse 14, it says this. It says, remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. 
Such arguments are useless, and they can ruin those who hear them. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer, as in the case of Hymenaeus and Philetus. And let me just say right here, if you're pregnant and you are looking for baby names, <laughs> let, me, let me just go ahead and give you a couple to cross off the list, all right? Maybe just go with Philip, you know, Phil. He says, be careful. They, 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 there's these leaders that they've decided that they're going to create their own truth and they're pulling people with them. And he's, he, he's encouraging Timothy to avoid, avoid the trap or avoid the, the path of falling away from the gospel news, the good news of Jesus. He, he says this, they have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. Verse 19, but God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. Let me just pull out three thoughts or three key words that I think are found in these few verses right here. I think the first word that stands out to my, in my mind is the word remember. The word remember. I notice that as Paul starts writing in verse 14, the first thing he says is this. He says, remind everyone about these things. Remind everyone about these things. You know, I think the truth in our life is that oftentimes we know the good things to do. It's just sometimes we get so busy on things that are far less important that we forget. How many of us, we've got reminders in our phone, right? You know, it'll, tomorrow we'll get little dings. Read your Bible. Take your medicine. Pick up the kids from school. <laughs> I think most of us would still pick up the kids from school if we didn't get that reminder. Right? These, these are all essential things in our life. I think the truth is, like, why do we need reminders to do these things? And I think the reason we need reminders is because oftentimes when we go throughout our day, we get so pulled away by things that aren't important that we constantly need to be redirected to the things that really are. And here Paul is saying to Timothy, remind them. You know, so often I think, in, in, you know, as a, a follower of Jesus, sometimes we're looking for that fresh word, aren't we? That, that new word, that, that new thing from God. You know what I think oftentimes we need is maybe not the fresh word. It's the word that we forgot about how good God is. You know, you know sometimes we don't need another new word. We just need to go back to the ones we already know about. We need to be reminded. And what Paul says here is remind them of these things. What things is he talking about? I think he's talking about the things that he just said. Verse 12 and 13 is what Bria shared last week. If we die with him, we will live with him. If we endure with him, we will reign with him. If we are unfaithful, then he is faithful. You know what I'm so thankful is that God is not relying on me to be good for him to be good in my life. I, I love that Paul reminds Timothy, he says, listen, Timothy, you're going to blow it. And if you're unfaithful, I just want you to know you still have a faithful God. 
Some of you have walked in this room feeling the shame and weight of your life this week. And I want you to know that God isn't looking at what you've done. He's looking at what his son has done for you. He doesn't see you for what you've done. He sees you for, for who you could be. If we are unfaithful, he is still faithful. You know, I think about Jeremiah in the book of Lamentations. You know, if you, you read this book, you think, man, what a, what a sad life this prophet is living. I mean, he, he just goes on and on throughout this book. And particularly in chapter three, I, I thought about it this week, how he just over and over is just want, you, you know, you have those days where you just want to tell everybody all your problems, you know, just how bad your life is and how everything is wrong and how, how mean your kids are, like all the stuff. You just want to let it all out. I think that that's what Jeremiah is doing in chapter three. He's just talking about how his body's rotten and everybody's against him and it's him versus the world. And he's at this place where he just feels completely hope, hopeless. And I love in verses, I don't even have it on the screen. I just thought about it kind of last minute, but how he says, I call to mind and therefore I have hope. I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The Lord's mercies never end. They're as new as the sunrise. Great is his faithfulness. I think sometimes we need to remember, we need to call to mind the good things that God has planned for us. Why don't you just remind yourself today, this isn't the end, but God is doing a great work in your life. That he sees you, that he loves you, that he is faithful. We need to remember, I think the second thing I noticed from this passage is we need to remain. We need to remain. He talks about these two guys, Hymenius and Philetus. And, and I notice the, the language that Paul uses. He says, they have left the truth. They have left the truth. Which to me says, at one time, they were following the truth. But somehow they got distracted. Somehow they started to doubt and come up with their own ideas about the gospel. Everybody, I, I think it's one of the weightiest things to me because I've seen so many people who at one point were following Jesus, but they allowed something in their life to lead them astray. They allowed something in their life to become more important than following Jesus. And you know, sometimes, sometimes faith is filled with some goosebumps like this morning. You know, when the song's going and people are baptized, you know, if we could just carry this feeling right into Monday, it would just help so much. And sometimes faith is goosebumps, but sometimes faith is just holding on. So, some, sometimes faith is just remaining even when it doesn't feel good, even when you're doubting, even when you're wondering how it's all going to work out, just trusting that God is going to be good, just holding on, just remaining, just trusting that God is faithful, even when life is difficult. And then the third thing I noticed from this passage is just this idea of repentance. Paul says in verse 19, he says, all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. It's this challenge to us as believers is that maybe just not even on Sunday, but daily, we just need to recommit our lives to Christ. Say, Holy Spirit, I, I, I repent for the way I'm living. I repent for the way I lived yesterday. And today I make a new start with you. I decide that today I'm going to follow you with everything I am. I think about the words of Peter in that first sermon in Acts chapter two, when Peter says this, repent and be baptized. That's what today is all about. 
Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I don't know who needs it this morning or who feels like you're just too far away from God. I'm telling you, Jesus is as close as the mention of his name. Somebody in the room today, you just need to whisper the name of Jesus and know that he is there with you, that he loves you, that he sees you right where you're at, and he wants to give you a brand, a brand new start. Let's go on to verse 20 and 21. We'll, we'll end with 22. It says this, in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. He's saying this, is your life being lived in a way that honors God? Is your life, are, are you a special utensil? He, like, he compares and contrasts, you know, the, the, the paperware, the plasticware that we throw away versus the fine china, you know, that you only get out once or twice a year. He's saying, live your life in a way that would be used for a special occasion if somebody really important was coming over to your house. He says, live in a pure and a clean way. You know, when I read this verse, I've shared with you before, but sometimes I love when we invite guests over to the house, not only for the opportunity to spend time with other people, because there's nothing else that encourages us to clean like inviting other people over to our house. Sometimes I'm so excited to do it, but sometimes I get frustrated at myself. Like, why do we only live at this level of cleanliness when other people are here? Why don't I live like this just for myself? But isn't it true if somebody important or somebody, you know, we invite people over from the church or have friends, like family, anytime somebody comes over, it's just this concerted effort that we want to do our best to, to create an environment that they would feel comfortable, that they would walk in and go, oh man, I could just kick back and sit on the couch and just enjoy being here. And I wonder today, is our house, our heart, the kind of place that if God walked in, he would look around and go, oh, I'm right at home. I'm right at home. Thank you. Thank you for creating a space for me just to feel here comfortable with you. Or are we living our life in a way that if God walked in our house, you would go, man, just, have you ever walked in a house like that where you just kind of tiptoeing? You looked at your kids, you're like, don't sit down. <laughs> Maybe you haven't, you know, like, but, but. We probably all experienced that or, or got in somebody's car and you thought, man, you know, this needs, needs a little car wash and he's a little clean. I wonder how many of us, Jesus, if he got in our car or got in our house or like the spiritual part of our life, you're looking, oh man, just could use a good wash. Like the way we're talking, the way we're living. Are we living in a way that God could put his hand on our life and, and use us? And the first thought just from these couple of verses is, is stay useful. Stay useful. Live clean. 
live pure, live ready and available to do everything that God wants you to do. I think we would all say, God, we want to be used by you, but are our lives being lived in a way that if God said, man, my hand, I want to put my hand on you, that, that our life would be ready for him to use today. I wanted to illustrate it like this. I brought, I brought my glove with me, and this is a, a glove that I got from my dad. My dad got this glove when, when we were kids, my brother and I, growing up playing baseball. It's a 30-year-old glove. You kind of look at it and think it's an old glove, but you know the truth is, is that gloves, gloves, some would argue that gloves are even better the older they are. You know, the leather's really soft, it's moldable, man, it just kind of fits right to your hand. And uh, dad passed this along to me when the boys started playing baseball a few years ago and had to put some new leather, uh, oil in it and freshen it up. But man, it's, it's as good as new. Actually, it's so old, everybody. It's got, it's got Jose Canseco's name right in there. Kind of date myself right there. He was a great player in the late 80s and 90s. You know, the, the truth about this glove is this, this glove is kind of like our lives. And, 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 and this glove with my hand in it is not very valuable. But this glove, when you put Jose Canseco's hand in it, or Mike Trout's hand in it, or Aaron Judge's hand in it, I know you Yankee fans are in here. This glove gets really valuable when you put the right hand in it. Here's, here's the truth, everybody. What makes our life valuable is not our life. What makes our life valuable is when the hand of God is on our life. What, what you need is not a better life. What you need is to invite God's hand to take control of your glove. Because all you are is a glove. Let me just talk to some business leaders in the room because you are looking for every strategy and marketing direction and thing to do to help make you better and bigger and grow faster. And maybe what you need is not the next big idea, but maybe what you need is God's hand in your business. And maybe we've been searching for some things to try to make life better and, and, and bigger and, and, and operate more smoothly. Let me tell you, the greatest thing we need in our life, church, is not anything this world has to offer. We need the touch of God's hand on our life. Hey, amen? I, I'm just saying today, as our lives become more valuable when God's hand is in it, but today, are we living our life in a way that God's hand would even want to be on it? That he would want to put his approval and go, that's my man. That's my woman. That's the family of God right there. Do we need today to cleanse ourselves and purify ourselves so that God's hand would want to work in us and want to work through us? He's saying to Timothy, live your life in a way so that you can experience the blessing, the favor, and the power of God working in you. Because when you do, there will be nothing like it in all the world. How many today do you want God's hand in your life today, church? I want God's hand in my life. I want his hand. 
Let me just say as, as a church, there's a lot of things we do to invite people to grow, to be better. But even as a church, you know what we need more than anything? We need the hand of God. We need the Holy Spirit working in us to use us, to help us make an impact in our community for Jesus Christ. We want to be useful. And then verse 22, we'll close with this thought. He says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. I think it's powerful because there's two things that really he's saying to do in this one big thought. Number one, he's saying, run from the desires that are pulling you down, the lust, the temptation, everything that's moving you away from God, and then enjoy the companionship of the believers. He's saying there's something powerful about staying connected. I think oftentimes in our own pride, we feel like, you know what, I can just live for God. I don't need church. I don't need groups. I love Jesus. And I'm telling you, for a season, we could probably all do that okay. But I think we all have a testimony of how living life on our own and trying to be a lone ranger sometimes leads to emptiness and leads to distractions and temptations. Everybody, we need each other. We are the body of Christ. We need each other. And then he says, run, run from temptation. The, the, the idea here is just stay pure, stay useful and stay pure. And my challenge for us this morning, Paul's challenge for all of us is what in our life have we allowed to become more important than God? What in our life have we allowed us, has allowed us or caused us to be bound by temptation Maybe it's personal sin or struggle. Maybe it's impurity, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. Maybe th there's some things today that just in repentance, you need to say, God, I need to come clean with you. I want to repent of my sin. I want to make you God first in my life. And I don't know what that is, but I believe God wants to purify us and make us useful for his kingdom. I love what David says in Psalm 19, and we'll close with this verse. He says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I pray that that would be our prayers even we step into a new week. That God, the, the words that I say that other people can hear, may they honor you. But God, the words that I don't say, my thoughts, the words that I don't say, God, may they even please you. May they glorify you. And I believe that's how we live a life that honors God. Why don't you just close your eyes and bow your head. be some this morning that God's just doing a fresh work in your life. You just need to say that prayer today, God. Put your hand on me. Put your hand on me. Would you put your hand on my marriage? 
Would you put your hand on my family and my kids? God, would you put your hand on my business and the place where I work, the places that I go? Father, we just declare that without you, we are nothing. And Lord, we desperately need you. We want your power, your spirit to work through us. Maybe you're here today and you say, Wes, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm away from God and today. I just want to recommit my heart to him. If that's you, I just want to invite you while every head is bowed and eyes closed. Why don't you just lift your hand to heaven and say, that's me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. God bless you. God bless you. To say a simple prayer like this is, Jesus, come in my heart and forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. From this day forward, God, I want to serve you and follow you all my days. I repent of my sin. I ask you to come in my heart, Jesus. For those, there might be some in the room today that you're walking through a sin struggle or maybe an addictive habit in your life, something that is holding you down or separating you from God. And just right here in this place, why don't you just offer that to the Lord and say, Jesus, would you set me free? Free from the bondage, free from the sin, free from the prideful spirit in my heart. Anything that's separating me from you, God. And finally today, Jesus, we ask, would you make us useful for your kingdom? We just declare, God, that we are nothing without you. And we want to be a tool in the hand of a mighty God. We want to be, we want to be tools in the hand of an awesome creator and father. And I pray today, God, that our lives would be lived in a way that you could use us to do great things for your kingdom, to be the men and women that you've called us to be. Well, Jesus, we love you so much, Lord, and we thank you for your word today. We thank you for this time in your presence. And God, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.